Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hello, 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 my birth queens. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Birth Lounge podcast. Today's episode is super exciting. I'm really, really excited to have on Allie Levine, who's a personality. I'm really, really excited to have on TV personality and celebrity stylist, Allie Levine. You know, I followed Allie on Instagram for a while now, and she literally pulls words out of my heart and speaks them, right? Everything that she says, I'm always like, wow, I feel like she is speaking directly from my soul. She had her daughter, Amelia Ray, two years ago. Amelia just turned two, and Allie is actually expecting her second daughter any day now. I have really loved following her second journey, and so I wanted to share some of that with you. She's prepping for a VBAC, and she's been so intentional in the way that she has prepped for this birth, the way that she has navigated this pregnancy, the way that she has um, kind of deconstructed her first birth and looked at what she could control, controlled what she can control, and how she's making peace with moving forward on the things that she can't control. All right, in today's episode, please help me welcome Allie Levine. Allie, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We've been talking about this for like so long now and trying to have things align and we're doing it. We are finally making it work. Um, I think that is just such a good indicator of what we're going to talk about today, right? Like motherhood, the unexpectedness of just motherhood in general, starting with pregnancy. There are so many things in pregnancy that you get there and you're like, gosh, why didn't anybody tell me about this? You know, and the same thing can be said in birth, in motherhood, you know, even I think grandparenthood sometimes has these new places where people are like, wow, I've actually never been the parent of a 35 year old who's now having their baby. So, um, 
Cool. I'm so excited to have you. I want to first dive into um, kind of where you are currently. You're pregnant with your second baby. How are things going? Tell us what that looks like right now, being quarantined and, you know, expecting a baby almost any day now. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yep, second baby girl. And yeah, she is due any minute, any day now. The doctor says she's cooked and ready and it's really up to her. So it's just kind of, you know, baby watch, waiting game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been very, it's been a very interesting time to be pregnant in a pandemic. I really feel for all the mamas right now that I've spoken to, you know, on my social and blog and all these different platforms that have shared, you know, their deepest fears and their, you know, heaviest emotions and all these things because I, um, I personally have gone through so many waves and so many ups and downs as well. And so I am just like, I, I get it. Like I'm in it with them. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's so heavy. It's such a hard time because you want it to be the best time, time of your life. You want it to be beautiful and you don't want to be robbed of this experience. And it's very hard, especially I feel for first time mamas who are really experiencing all the newness in pregnancy and then being in this pandemic, like not being able to bring partners to appointments, not being able to have partners in delivery, all those things. It's like really hard because you don't, you know, you think about your birth plan, your birth preferences, right? And you go through like these charts with your doulas or whoever you're working with and whatever you're choosing to do to set yourself up. And you go like, okay, you know, I, I don't want, you know, epidural or I don't want this, but like you never thought in that list and in that plan, it would say, you know, opt for my partner or opt for my dual or support, you know? And so like that alone, I think is just so hard to navigate. And it's been very hard to navigate for me. Um, and I feel so grateful that because things are slowly opening up in the world and here, you know, in California, that my husband was just added back into my hospital a few days ago, because before that I was, you know, considering other options because I was like, I don't want to give birth without my husband. Yeah. I know I can, but I don't want to, yeah. and I don't want him to, to not be a part of that. And I don't want him to, you know, not be my support. When I think about my first birth with Amelia and, you know, how intense it was, you know, he was a huge part of my emotional, physical, mental, I mean, you name it, my process and being able to be there for me and, you know, go through everything with me. So I just, my heart breaks for moms that are still, you know, dealing with that, that are still waiting to hear if they'll have their partners. Um, and I just keep telling moms, like, you know, we're not alone. We're all in this together. And that's why, as you know, I started that petition um, here in California to try to help with mom's rights and really, you know, safeguard their rights in this time. Because as much as we're in a pandemic, we can't lose sight of, you know, maternal health and, you know, being in this very fragile and vulnerable state right now you know, as we come, as we are in our pregnancies and as we are having our babies. Um, so it has been hard for me and I go through emotional waves. You know, some people will ask me and I'll say some days I'm fine. And, you know, I, you know, I can kind of just not think about it and just think about my pregnancy and, you know, enjoy the baby kicks and just, you know, enjoy the actual what's happening with me personally. But then there's other days where the world is really heavy I am very connected to my community and engage with them, you know, consistently. And then, you know, their fears become my fears and, you know, I share in their emotions and, it, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to uh, process uh, at this time. And 
I've been doing a lot of journaling um, and a lot of like birth affirmations and just writing things down and trying to release any fears um, that I do have in birth as well as in this time, um, as well as try to find those positive spaces and be able to give myself, you know, that positivity from affirmations and pulling cards that make me, you know, feel good and give me a positive perspective. Because I think it's so easy for any of us to get swept up in obviously the fear right now of what's going on because it's it's so there and it's so real and the news is just driving it into all of us and making us all crazy. But at the same time, it's like you have to take a step back and go like, okay, but what can I control? And what can I not control? And try to just, you know, navigate it. And I think that's what I've been doing, honestly, every day. And I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, one day I'm good and other days I just crash and I break down, you know? So it's just been this emotional roller coaster for me that I've just been kind of riding up and down. Gosh, I love so much of that. So first of all, I'm so happy for you that your husband gets to be with you during your birth. Like that is, oh my gosh, I just feel so full right now. I'm so happy for you. Thank and you. I was so thankful because I only switched a few days ago and it was just like, I was, you know, I said to my baby girl, my, you know, my belly, I was like, well, you held out till yeah. you know, your daddy could be there. You obviously wanted him there. You know, like it just makes me so happy that, you know, I am getting to have that uh, support and, you know, I continue to push this petition to help other mamas, at least in California, get that support as well. And I'm hoping that, you know, uh, the more that other hospitals are allowing it, the more it's going to continue to spread to be that that is going to allow, you know, your partner back in, you know, at the very least, at least let you have that support. Of course. I mean, I was just going to say, I'm sure that felt so, you know, supported to know that you were going to have your partner there, the person that in your first birth and even before your first birth, you knew that he was going to be able to, you know, do this for you. But the person who provided you with that emotional support and that encouragement and the belief in yourself when you didn't believe in yourself, you know, because there are places in labor where, you go through a period of like, can I keep going? Can I keep doing this? Like, am I going to make it? Um, and it is usually your partner that is able to pull you back and say, you can and you are. So gosh, that makes me super happy. Allie, before we move on from your petition, where can people find that if they're interested in signing and supporting that? I've signed it. I've supported it. My name is on it. I, don't I do I believe you that you should. It. I so appreciate that. And thank you so much. I've seen you share it in your community and, and it means so much to me and other mamas. Um, there, I can send you the link for your podcast notes, but I, they, they can also go to my social media, you know, at Allie Levine Design on Instagram. And it is in my like link tree bio and it says, you know, petition for mamas and everything. And you can also search it on change.org. If you search like California deserves birth support, um, it'll come up and you'll find where it says safeguarding for women and the actual petition and you can sign, you can share it and you can choose to endorse it. Sure. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I'll absolutely. Always share things like that. You know, I'm a big believer that people do, you just deserve birth support. Like this is just the bottom line. Um, I, I do believe that at the very basic level, people have to have one solid person with them to birth and nine times out of 10, they're going to choose their partner to be there. You cannot ban partners from 
from birthing rooms. You just can't do it. So on the same, those same terms, Allie, for all of this that's going on and from going from your first birth to your second birth, where are you getting your information? How are you staying informed? You talked a lot about exploring your options and making sure that you knew, you know, what you wanted in each step and how to control that. Where are you getting all your information and your education? What, what is, you know, um, feeling aligned to you for this birth? Yeah. Thanks for asking that. I would say, you know, obviously after having Amelia and going through, you know, wanting to be at the birth center, having a really set plan in my mind that I learned <laughs> birth plans very much change even before all this, uh, you know, that they do change. Um, and you have to be a little bit more open and, you know, surrender at certain points and really know like what's important to you and what you can let go of. And I definitely learned that and had that taught to me um, during, you know, Amelia's birth. And I had no idea how long I was going to labor for. I had no idea that my body was going to take so long to just even labor her, you know, down and be able to, you know, get her in the birth canal and everything. I, I just had no clue, you know, and, and I thought I knew because I had, you know, done some research and this and that, but it really, I think in your, when you're first, you know, pregnant, your first pregnancy, unless you're truly like getting the heavy education other than like the book to just kind of give you the little bits of pieces of everything. You don't really know what to expect. And you really don't, of course, until you become a mom anyways and actually give birth and go through it. But I think from coming from that and, you know, not having the water birth that I thought I was going to have and laboring for so long and winding up in an, you know, unexpected non-emergency C-section at 42 hours and all that. I think that when I came out of that and after, you know, feeling kind of like, so down and lost from that birth and having postpartum depression and all these things when I came out of it and came the other side and you know down the light in the tunnel I think that I learned you know how to empower myself further and I learned that you know when you know better you do better or hopefully you do so I started really just educating myself of like okay I know we're gonna have more than one you know child like I want to put myself in a better frame of mind when it comes to my second birth and when it comes to all this and how do I educate myself? And so I really was so blessed that I, because I am like a mommy influencer online, I started to connect with so many incredible resources in the doula community and in the chiropractic community and just birth community in general. Um, and I started getting to really talk to experts about, you know, what might've actually happened when you break it down, you know, science wise and, actual body wise with Amelia and like why things didn't progress and things I didn't know and things that nobody really taught me. And so from learning those things, I was like, okay, when I get pregnant with my second, like I'm going to do things differently to hopefully change those outcomes. And I also really found out heavily from those different places and even ACOGs and, you know, listening to podcasts and just all different places of getting, you know, my research and really teaching myself and empowering myself for this next birth, I started finding out that like, also, I didn't have to have a repeat C-section. Like, you know, you can, and that's your choice. But again, that's your choice. And I think that's where there's a lot of disconnect when it comes to giving birth and being pregnant. Like, you feel like, you know, you have to go with what your doctor or provider tells you. And I'm not saying like, don't listen to them, but I'm saying educate yourself before you choose to just follow suit of what they're saying. Because maybe it isn't, you know, for you, what they're telling you, like with my, you know, doctor that I went to in the beginning of this second pregnancy, 
she was kind of just more of like a check-in for prenatals because she was local and easy. And I was like, whatever, she's just going to make sure everything's safe with the baby. And then I started to kind of like her and I was like, oh, you know, she's local. Like maybe I'll stick with her because she, you know, actually like seems cool and, and this and that. And then my gut kicked in when we were in like my second or third appointment, she turned to me and she said, oh, okay. So you had a cesarean with your first daughter. So um, let's mark a date on the calendar of when you want to schedule your repeat cesarean. And I just remember her saying that and like my, my head like ringing and being like, no effing way. And I, you know, I looked at her and I said, well, you know, actually um, I'd like to go for a VBAC um, and I've done a lot of research on it. And she looked at me with like, you know, deer in headlights, tried to immediately, of course, scare me and, you know, drop all the fear factors. Um, and I just looked at her and I said, I know the risk and I know I've done my research and I know what's what. And I also know how successful that they can be. And so I want to go for a relax. And she just like looked at me like I was crazy. And then it kind of continued after that. It was like, I was still breastfeeding and like, I shouldn't be breastfeeding anymore because, you know, I could bring on early labor and da, da, da. And I was like, this was like, I was in beginning of second trimester. And I looked at her like early labor and second trimester. I didn't even have labor begin when it was supposed to with Amelia. Like, you know, like, and again, that is a real thing, but not for every single woman. And I think this is where I find a disconnect in the medical community when it comes to doctors and hospitals and all of that is that they want to just put you into one box. But we all know that we're all such different individuals. We're different in our personalities and we're different in our bodies. Everyone's body is completely different. So how do you just group people into one box and say, well, you should all have repeat cesareans because you had a cesarean. Well, but maybe that mother doesn't need that. Maybe this baby is different. Maybe this delivery is totally different. So, you know, that's where I have a hard time with that personally. And so educating myself and empowering myself now with the second baby girl, I found a new provider who is on board and is actually kind of like known as the VBAC king of LA and he does them like nothing. And he was like, of course, if that's what you want to do. Then we'll go for it. And if anything changes, like I will let you know personally, like where I am. And he's been so great about it and been empowering me the whole time. No bait and switch. Same with his nurses, the whole thing. My doula has been a part of so many successful VBACs. So I brought you know, her on board and, you know, found a chiropractor who has also been a huge part of helping women have VBACs. I've had her since eight weeks, um, you know, pregnant. And I just think that no matter how this goes, like to me, I'm empowering myself and I'm doing all the right things to allow myself to be in a better position than I was the first time. And my body is already showing that like this baby girl is so low. Amelia was very high. Like I never knew that until looking at pictures now and seeing the difference and how high she was on me and how low this baby girl is on me now and still continues to get lower. And even my doctor said the other day at my appointment, he's like, you're already a hundred percent effaced and you're already a couple of centimeters dilated. Really, she could come any day now. And she has been head down since 28 weeks and she is engaged and she seems like she's going to do what she's supposed to do. So just hearing that alone with confirmation of like everything you've been working on, Allie, everything that you've been educating yourself on and empowering yourself on is showing you that like physically right now. Oh my gosh. I could not love that more. If that does not tell you that having a plan and putting intentional thought and, you know, 
oh my goodness, just intentional dialogue with your providers and intentional planning and preparation behind your birth, I do not know what will. I also love so much that you point out the power in changing providers. Now, that first provider that looked at you and said, great, let's put a date on the calendar. She is going to be some people's jam. She just wasn't your jam. And I love so much that you took that and you said, look, that's totally fine. I'm just going to change providers. You recognize the power and you put action towards it. Oh my gosh, my heart is just exploding. I'm so happy. Okay. So you, you're talking about a VBAC. What are you doing to prepare specifically for your VBAC? I see all the time that you are, you know, regular at the chiropractor. What else are you doing? So I, of course, am like now being, you know, so late, you know, in the pregnancy, starting to do like the mild circuit and I have my peanut ball and, you know, all the things they tell you to do to just really position baby and move, you know, baby girl around to make sure, you know, she's positioned as well as she can be. Um, I try to do like little like exercises and stretches that I have from different moms and different communities that I work with that, you know, have shared different tips of, again, positioning and how to move her around and all that. So, you know, doing a lot of that daily and also like a lot of, like I said, birth affirmations, uh, really empowering myself, continuing to write out and journal how I feel and, you know, where I'm at and what maybe fears that are still there. I just did birth processing with my doula from Amelia's birth to like really um, talk through everything and then let go and now really focus on, you know, this baby girl. I know this pregnancy is totally different. This birth is totally different um, and not associate things and just really go forward and trust in me and trust in my body. And I think that's another thing too, is a lot of times we're kind of taught to not trust in ourselves and not trust in our bodies because doctors take that away from us and not every doctor. And I don't want people to feel like I'm saying doctors are bad because they're not. There's so many great doctors out there, but there are some who just follow a schedule or just follow whatever's being said to them or played out to them. And for some people, that's fine. They don't mind. But for others that maybe don't know better or don't know what to do, it's important that you do educate yourself and do learn how to advocate for yourself so that no matter what happens in your birth, you at least feel empowered and you at least feel like you got to make decisions. And I think that that's like, you know, the most important when it comes to all that. And I think I learned that with Amelia's birth and now. So I think I've just been doing a lot of advocating for myself and a lot of empowering along with actual, like you said, intentional things like chiropractic and doing certain exercises and certain stretches and really just continuing to educate myself. I also listen to like the VBAC link podcast to hear about success stories to empower myself all the time. Um, I'm in a couple of VBAC groups on Facebook that I read people's stories daily about their VBACs and, and how they're, you know, successful and how it happened. And I ask questions to those moms and get excited for them. And, you know, I, I built community in that sense to uh, feel empowered in my own, but also to be excited for them and to get to watch their journeys. So I think all of that um, has really helped me to get to where I am. That is so fun. Yes, I think celebrating other people's success with what you're trying to achieve just makes it that much real, right? That much more real, right? The, the more that you can see it on Facebook, like, wow, she got her V back. Wow, <clears throat> they got a V back. And oh my gosh, there's another V back. 
<clears throat> I think the more that you can see what is attainable, the more empowered you feel going into your own birth, right? You can kind of use the energy from their birth to energize your birth in a sense. Yeah. Well, and also too, it like makes it seem more real for you, right? Like it's like, instead of just hearing about it and saying, this is something I might be able to do, you're seeing all the other moms do it. And you're like, wow, they did it. I can freaking do it. You know, and it empowers you and it makes you feel really good. Like you said, in sharing in their success. And I talked to all these moms who have them and message them and I'm like, oh my God, congrats. I'm so happy for you. You know, and some of them aren't, you know, right after the second birth. Some of them are like after two or three C-sections, you know? And it's like, wow, how amazing is that? Like, that's a way even more empowering, you know, situation in my opinion. Um, and in, in that sense. And so I just think all of those things, when you surround yourself with those kinds of stories and affirmations and all that, it gives you a certain fuel and a certain fire to be like, um, I can do this too. And, you know, I have this support and look at them. And, you know, it just makes you feel good for them and also for you. So I think that, again, positivity is key, I'm not positive all the time, but I've done a really good job of making sure at the end of, you know, the day when I'm thinking about things and I'm thinking about my V-back, I really come back to a positive place. And if that means I have to sign off social media because I'm feeling too much emotion from other people, you know, with what they're going through in their pregnancy or I'm overwhelmed by, you know, the news or whatever it is, like I detox and I put on my birth affirmations, you know, in my pods, in my ears, I get in the bath and I self-care and I do what I need to do to get myself back to a healthy space. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. That is some real hashtag birth inspo. And I think it's just super inspirational to hear other people in not only what they're doing to prepare, but yeah, their success too. That is just, oh, it makes my soul sing. I love it so much. Okay. One of my last questions I promise is, okay, we've done a lot of talking about what you've done differently for this time for your birth and in your pregnancy. What about postpartum? Maybe what's the, the number one thing you didn't expect in postpartum and how are you doing things differently this time around? Plus you have an extra layer of having a toddler at home. So what does all that look like? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, you know, I think also another piece of birth and, and everything is like you really don't think about postpartum, even if you're told about it and people tell you, you know, to be aware of all of it, whether you actually go through postpartum depression or anxiety, or you just are in the postpartum stage, you know, all of it is hard. And I think that there's not a lot, there's not a lot of talk around it just because it, you know, there is a stigma and whatever it may be um, for whatever reason, it's starting to open up more, but I think there definitely isn't as much talk around it. We talk about birth, 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 talk about, you know, all these things with that and all these like ways to prep for the baby and, you know, all the toys you need and all the, you know, gadgets and the hacks and this and that. But then you don't think about the things that you actually need for you. So I think that's the difference in when I look at my daughter with Amelia, it was like all about what do I need for her? And this time around, I'm really surrounding myself and working on what do I need for me? Now, of course, I have another girl coming. So I'm also, you know, recycling a lot of stuff. I'm going to be using the same, you know, that I use for Amelia for her. But regardless, I also realized that you know, they're such a tiny little thing. They really don't need much, even though you feel like you need more for them. And you as a mama need so much and you need to check in with yourself and be real about that. And you need to be real with your partner about that. And you need to build support around yourself to, you know, feel good. So like one of the things that I looked into when I was hiring my doula was the fact that she also is postpartum. So she has specializes in postpartum besides actually being there for the birth. 
So I know I have her, whether in the course in this world, being virtual or in person, um, that I have that support. And I know I have that. Whereas, you know, the first time I didn't really feel I had that and didn't know I needed that. You know, I just thought, oh, this is just, you know, I'm a new mom and things are crazy and it's fine. It'll get better. No big deal. But you don't realize that there's so much to it. There's hormones, there's, you know, breastfeeding. If you choose to breastfeed, there's so many things that just change the way things can go for you. And you don't even realize it, in my opinion, until all of a sudden, like you're in a dark hole and it's too late. So for me, that was kind of my experience. So this time around, like I've made sure of having that postpartum support. I also have like started, you know, before the pandemic, of course, I started interviewing a bunch of different part-time like sitters and mother's helpers to see who Amelia would like and tested them. So I would know like if I needed help or I just needed a break for a few hours, you know, I would have someone that I could have there as help. Um, I've also like read a lot more just about postpartum in general and understanding it more. So I know what to look out for within myself. I think too, from going through it, I have a little bit of an idea of what, you know, things might look like, whereas I didn't really know what I was going through when I first had Amelia. I just thought, oh, this is just me and being a new mom. Um, and so I think I hopefully have a better idea of how to identify all that. And I have so many people in the birth community too, that I know I can check in with and I can use as resources to make sure that I'm in a good place. Um, I'm also going to be trying uh, the placenta encapsulation. I poo-pooed it the first time. I was like, oh, that sounds crazy. I'm not doing that, blah, blah, blah. But now after experiencing what I did, um, I'm choosing to uh, work with a company and see you know, what uh, all this is about. I've had a lot of people tell me they really felt like it helped them with their postpartum. So fingers crossed, um, that'll be my experience as well. Um, and, you know, just trying to also lower my expectations. I think I had really high expectations of myself after having Amelia and it wasn't really fair to me. And I didn't really realize I was putting that pressure on me. Um, and so this time around being like, I'm going to have, you know, two little girls, my toddler Amelia is amazing, but she's crazy and so much energy for being two. And, you know, I'm going to have a newborn as well and be managing, you know, working from home full time and stay at home mom and the whole nine yards. And I think that I have to be real with myself and say, like, it's not going to be easy. And there are going to be a lot of hard times and it is going to feel overwhelming and checking in with myself and knowing like what I need and speaking up about it instead of just drowning. I think that's a really big piece of it because before I would let myself drown and not really think much of it because I was just like, oh, but again, this is my new normal and I'm just, you know, a new mom and like, it's fine. And this time not accepting that and being like, okay, how do I navigate it? You know, what am I going to do to be intentional about what's going on and how I'm feeling and how am I going to make myself feel safe so that I can be good for myself, my family and my girls. Oh my gosh, you are speaking straight to my heart and you know, for every out there listening, don't let this mean, you know, trips to the day spa or a night in the hotel. This literally can mean making sure that someone once a day is checking in on you saying, have you had enough water today? Have you eaten today? Have you showered today? Um, I think it's really important to make sure that somebody is helping you stay accountable to yourself in those first few weeks too, because asking for help is super hard. Um, but when oh, someone so offers hard. it, you know, it is just so hard. Why is it so hard for women to add to you know ask for help but it's it can be equally as hard to accept help 
but not, not always. Right. So when someone offers help, take it. They're genuinely offering because they want to care for you while you're caring for this newborn. Yeah. Such a good point. I so agree. And I, I struggled with that heavily when it was offered to me with Amelia. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a guilt thing. I don't know if it's a pride thing. You know, everyone's different, obviously, but I couldn't even tell you for me what it was, but I had a very hard time, you know, taking it. And this time around, I'm like, nope, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to allow it when I need it. And that's why I'm saying like, I did so much interviewing with mother's helpers and, you know, nannies and babysitters, because I realized like that is going to be needed. And like, I need to be realistic about that. Totally. I love that you bring up realistic expectations. I think kind of throughout this entire conversation, you know, knowing your options and having realistic expectations, um, that that has just been so key. Allie, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? And then also if people are interested in, you know, following along, I gave them how to do that on your Instagram um, in our intro, but any place that people can connect with you that maybe I didn't mention. Yeah, sure. So I love connecting with people, especially mamas and pregnant, you know, women, mamas to be, um, if you can find me on Instagram, like you said, my Twitter, it's all at Allie Levine design, my Facebook. Um, I'm really active. Um, on Instagram and, and Twitter quite a bit. Um, and I just love engaging, you know, with different people. I tell them, feel free to reach out and DM me. I spend hours on in my DMs a day to make sure I'm really connecting with my community and sharing and, you know, being supportive to each other. I just think it's so important. And I feel that especially when you become a mom, you kind of join this amazing, crazy club. Um, and you, you know, get to share in all those experiences um, with those women. So I really love when I get to connect like that. Um, if people, you know, um, also are interested in checking out my website, AllieLevine.com, uh, my podcast, um, which we will be on soon, um, is called uh, Strip Down with Allie Levine, S-T-R-I-P-T-D. Um, Strip Down with Allie Levine. You can find it anywhere you listen to a podcast. It's all about real raw motherhood and postpartum, my own journey, and then featuring so many other experts and mamas and celebs on their journeys and all that. And I would just say, as far as like leaving something for everyone, you know, really give yourself grace, and especially, of course, during this time. Um, I never realized how important it was to give myself grace, and I still work on that daily. And, you know, mom guilt is so real. Um, and so you have to really just embrace it and tell yourself it's okay and it is going to get better even if it doesn't feel that way. And we can have it all as mamas, but maybe not all at once. And I think being realistic about that, that was something I had to learn was being realistic about that and knowing that maybe not everything is going to be happening at once, but it can happen. I got to a much better headspace. And if you do feel like you're not in a good headspace, definitely, you know, find help, find support. Don't leave yourself in that dark space because you deserve to enjoy motherhood. You deserve to love yourself and love, you know, your baby or children, um, however it may be. And you, you know, deserve to find that support. So whatever you need to do to get there, it's important. Oh, yes. I love that so much. This is like mind blowing wisdom, right? This is life changing stuff that I think every single first time mom probably looks back and says, 
I wish somebody had just told me. So here we are, Allie and I are telling you, put yourself first, make sure that you truly are pouring back into yourself and pouring back into your mental health because without you, you know, your family is just not going to be functioning at a hundred percent. And that is just, that's the blunt truth. They need you to be well and healthy, physically, emotionally, mentally, all the things so that you can support them and they can be healthy too. Oh my gosh, Allie, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Until next time, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.